What's up, guys? What's happening? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devotional. I'm glad you're back, whether it's morning, evening, or night, to be studying the Word with me. We are in Judges chapter 2. We like to ask three questions. Actually, I'll say three, but we like to ask four questions here. We like to ask, what uh, is the Scripture actually saying? Then we like to ask, um, what does it say about God? And then we like to ask, what does it say about man? Then we like to ask, how can I apply this to my life? And those are good questions. If you're looking to know how to read the Bible, study the Bible, those are good questions to ask no matter what. And so always keep those in mind. And so as we read this today, keep those in mind. Man. We're going to go ahead and start reading. We're in chapter 2, Judges and verse 1. It says, Now the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bacham. And he said, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you into the land that I swore to give your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall break down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. What is this you have done? So now I say, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns in your side and their gods will be a snare to you. As soon as the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the people of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. And they called the name of the place Bacham, and they sacrificed there to the Lord. And when Joseph uh, dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take the possession of the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at age of one ten years. And they buried him with the uh, boundaries of his inheritance in Timnath Heres in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gaash. And all the generations also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. What's going on? What, what happened? What are, uh, what's taking place? What's taking place? Well, it seems like the angel of the Lord has visited the people and he has told them that he would never break his covenant with them. And that's the, he swore the land. He was going to give them the land and they've inherited. He says, but they haven't obeyed the voice. So we saw that in the previous thing where they start doing things that God hadn't called them to do. He said that they were supposed to destroy the people, was supposed to give them up to ban to destroy everything that they, uh, who they are. And they ain't doing that, man. They've allowed people to live. It says that they are not to make covenants with the inhabitants of the land. And we saw um, in one of the previous episodes where the family of Joseph made a covenant with one of the families of the cities that they took over. And so they're not, they're not listening, they're not doing what God had told them to do. And so because of that, God said he would never break his covenant. So he gave them the land. We saw that. We saw how it looked like some of the land they were getting, but other parts they weren't. Or if they were getting the land, that they would have to dwell in the land with the people of Canaan. And that's what it says. It says that he gave them land, but he didn't drive out all of the people for him. He says that the people that are in there now, the people will be thorns to their sides, snares, man. And the people were sad. They cried out because of this. And uh, and so they named the city uh, Bacham. Now, uh, Bacham 
it's 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 crazy that names mean so much. Baca means weepers. So they named the city of the criers. And there they sacrificed to God. And now we're going to go back to a little of backstory again. So uh, I want to, us to, to remember that not always in the uh, Old Testament when they're telling stories, do they tell stories in a linear path, like in a, a linear time path. So we're going to go back a little bit and, and get to hear a little bit of what happened. It says, and, and that's what's occurred here. And it says, Joshua dismissed the people. Because didn't we read that Joshua had died earlier? Well, yeah, we did. But we're just getting another perspective on how things are going and how things went at this time. And so it says that um, Joshua released the people. They all went about their business. They buried Joshua. And uh, and then uh, after that, they, well, they buried Joshua. And they buried the elders who were with Joshua, all the people, which is probably Caleb as well. But those who uh, truly... Um, knew the Lord and seen his power and his works as he delivered them from all of their enemies as they crossed across the, uh, I think it's the Jordan. Um, and it, they walked on dry land and uh, they conquered the, the the different peoples whenever they had that battle with, with uh, uh, had a guy had to, Joseph or Josh was fighting and Moses had his stick up and they had his hands up. All of those things that uh, these people saw the wonders of God in order for them to even be in the place they are. All of those people died. But what happened after that? That's what's so tough. It says that arose another generation that did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And I think we have to understand properly what that means. It's not the fact that they didn't know. I'm sure that they knew the Lord, the, the Yahweh. They knew the name of God. But what they didn't know is, is like they didn't know him in a relationship. They didn't know him intimately. They only thought about the things he's done, but were never in a relationship with him. I think that's the idea of no in this situation. And so what's this say about God? Well, I think that this uh, says, first off, God is definitely merciful. Um, he would give them the land even though they didn't deserve it. Because we saw, and when we read in chapter 1, all of these things that they did that disobeyed him. And then the writer of Judges wants us to recognize that those things that they saw, and then those non-conquerings, or not being able to drive out the people, it was because of that. Well, he makes it explicitly clear here. He says the reason that, um, or he says that because you have made these covenants with people, which was a clear example we saw earlier, it says, and because uh, you have not obeyed the voice that I've, uh, I've commanded you to do, he says, I won't allow the, all of the inhabitants to be derived out. And so he makes explicitly clear the reason why these uh, things happen. I think in a, uh, one of the episodes I talked about a little Jewish boy reading this at the time and thinking, man, they're conquering. But what happened? Well, he makes it clear there. It's because they sinned. That's what's going on. And so. I think we can see that God is 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 merciful. Like he allows them to take possession of the land, even though they ain't doing what he said. But we also, I think that we can see that God still disciplines. That's important, man. I think one important thing that we know about um, fatherhood or uh, motherhood or parenthood is discipline. Discipline your child. You want them to be better, so you show them what's wrong. And you give them consequences for wrong. That's what we do in the government. We 
know something's wrong, so we give punishments for those things that are wrong. Those things to help us to become better people. And that's what God is doing in this situation here, that he is doing these things so that they can become better people. I think what we see about man is 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 sad. It says that uh, uh, after Joshua um, dies and the elders die with him, the people don't know him. The people are in a relationship with him. Well, what's that tell us about Joshua, man? It says that he didn't raise up anyone who would come after him. He didn't raise up anyone who would lead the people after him. We saw that Moses invested in Joshua in such a way that he would be the next one. But Joshua didn't do the same. That's tough, man. That's tough. That's why we saw in the verse, first verse that, that they asked the question, who will go up for us, man? They don't even have anybody. Nobody knows because Joshua didn't have anybody. And so I think that's telling about us is that leaders are important. Leaders are important. And then as a leader, we should be leading others. That's important. We can't raise up a generation that uh, doesn't have anybody that knows the Lord and loves the Lord. So what can we learn or what can we apply and how can we put these things to our lives? Well, I think that we can do what I just said is that we can be diligent to raise up leaders that will know and serve the Lord. We would teach them of the, the mercy that God has for us, of the discipline that he shows us because he cares for us and loves us, that we would tell someone else about these things so that not only when we are gone, um, because we won't be here forever, but they will love the Lord and be able to do the same to someone else. I think that's important. A little side note, I know I'm going over maybe a little bit today, but I wanted to talk about the angel of the Lord. So if you're any, if you know anything about the Bible or uh, Christianity or, um, you know, theology, uh, there's a thought in the, in the world that whenever the angel of the Lord appears, that it is um, Jesus. So I did look it up because a lot of people say, if it says the angel of the Lord, it's a little different. So I wanted to go in the Hebrew and I checked it out and it actually doesn't have the article, which it would be the in, um, in English. It didn't have the definite article. So really, it, if we read it in English, it's just say, now an angel of the Lord went up. Uh, but regardless of that, I think what the point is when we see these passages that talk about the angel of the Lord, which if you read any more of the Old Testament, you're going to see it, it's going to appear, is that when the angel speaks, he's an emissary of God. Now, it may be Jesus, but if it's not Jesus, what the angel says is as it came from the lips of God. So I think an example is kind of like... Um, when someone speaks for the president, oh, I know. Actually, I think a good thing is is thinking about uh, is thinking about uh, uh, I think it's um, what is it? Is it three hundred? I think he's like, oh, how can you? How you can't? You know, you can't kick the man. He's like, this is Sparta, and kicks that dude off. It's because when that guy comes, he's supposed to be a position of the king. He's supposed to be what he says is what the king says. And so uh, it's like an ambassador in today's days. An ambassador speaks, and he speaks on behalf of the president. It's like what he speaks, the president and the nation speaks. And so in this way, the angel of the Lord 
if it is Jesus or if it's just an angel, just a messenger, then what um, he says is as if God is saying these very words. I hope that helps. And if not, if it confuses you, then we'll talk about it later on sometime. I'll do a video on it or something like that. But I'll see you guys in the next one.